0: This is Larry H. Russell, host of Celtics Beat and author of the critically acclaimed book Follow the Boston Celtics which you can still download for free by logging on to www.clnsradio.com slash Book. Welcome on in to another edition of Celtics Beat being brought to you today by our sponsors the home of online video tutorials lynda.com and Audible Audible is the leading source of audiobooks online with over 180,000 downloadable titles to choose from and because of your listenership, Audible is offering your first audiobook on them by simply logging on to slash Celtics. That's slash Celtics. Well, here we are, three weeks into the Celtics offseason, bestowed at the absolute peak of the NBA season with the height of the NBA playoffs. Or is it the NFL season, huh? Who would have known, right? It's the middle of May. The time when the cream rises to the top during the NBA postseason, Stanley Cup playoffs, little baseball, nah. All football talk, literally all talk about footballs, but guess what? Not here, no sir, not on this show. Gonna have to wait for this week's edition of Patriots Beat this Friday, or go download their latest episode on iTunes, or check it out on clnsradio.com, because this is someone who you wouldn't want opinions regarding the NFL. This is Larry H. Russell. This is Celtics Beat being brought to you today by Audible, www.audiblepodcast.com. Slash Celtics to grab a free audio book. Yes, free. Or sign up for an account at lynda.com. Free 10-day trial on the home of online video tutorials. Three weeks into the Celtics offseason. Seems a lot longer than that, huh? That series against Cleveland seems like it's quite a ways away. But we're still inside a month as odd as it is but that's the NBA's postseason for you. So far, very exciting, obviously. is isn't like there's been a lot of buzzer beaters or anything, but we know that it does take some time. So yeah, it's not really the Celtics season, but I guess it's always a Celtics season here on Celtics Bay, even at the height of the NBA's postseason. We actually might even focus a little more discussion on that a little later in the show, but this is still Celtics beat. I still, There's still plenty, plenty to talk about with the Boston Celtics in the NBA draft hair over a month away, and already the fun is beginning. The Chicago Draft Combine is this weekend, just wrapped up yesterday, if I believe. That sort of crept right up on us, though, and here we are. We're going to be talking to someone on today's show who is actually in Chicago, A. Sherrod Breakley, who is providing all of his great work, per usual, for Comcast Sportsnet New England and CSNE.com, the Celtics Insider over there. Draft combines in recent years. Fans have taken a lot of interest. I know ESPN and the NFL Network during the football draft has round-the-clock coverage of guys running cone drills, the 40-yard dash, their vert. So, hey, if you want that, see some of these young guys. Check out Sherrod's work this weekend, which I assume you already have over at CSNE.com. And I know Mark D'Amico over at Sellics.com will have you covered for the, the combine as well. I know he does a great job over there. Great coverage at Sellers.com, of course, because speaking of Mark, it's, it's easy, right? The people associated with the organization are just so forthright and so honest with members of the media, and thus the fan base itself. Just as Wick Grosbeck said on this show last month, they all make it a point to be authentic, and that certainly is the case. And the reason why I brought this up is just this past week, I caught an interview that Mark had when he was sitting down with different members of the organization, and the one that really caught my eye is his chat with team president Rich Gotham the other day. Truly great stuff. Don't want to spoil really anything and definitely recommend our listeners to head on over to Celtics.com and check it out. Whenever someone from this organization speaks, it's interesting. It's great. I love it. I know Sherrod Breakley himself had a great chat with Celtics coach Brad Stevens over on Comcast recently as well. We'll try and bring that up with Sherrod, amongst other things, obviously, as he brought up some name. I know there's plenty that the audience wants to hear from Sherrod regarding a certain player he mentioned this past week. Anyways, but yeah, thank God we follow this team from a media standpoint and from a fan standpoint because the people associated with the Celtics organization are so genuine and one truly learns something of relevance when they do speak. That just isn't the case with most in the sporting world. I mean, if you actually watch press conferences, just please stop. That's sort of my advice for you today if you watch. Player press conferences after games or whatnot, because holy goodness, what a waste of time those things are. It's the same garbage all the time. You know, oh yeah, we just need to put this one behind us and focus on the next one. So stop watching press conferences live. Goodness, please. Yeah, once in a while you get, you know, a Bears are who you thought they were, but have some patience. You can always catch that the next day, which of course you can do so. At wwwyoutubecom radio for all Celtics stuff, but and that's certainly worth doing because I, these other teams, uh, it doesn't really do anything. You know how many times big time player X or coach Y, all coach speak, player speak, GM speak, whatever. Not with the Boston Celtics, and you really have to credit them. And I know we as fans appreciate how forthright they are with everyone, and it really is paying dividends for them as well as Celtics fans who are loyal to begin with are that much more loyal back to them because they recognize that honesty from the organization. And at least that's part of how I see it. So yes, do check out Mark D'Amico's interviews at Sellers.com. It's really sort of see where I'm coming from here. And if you are pressed for time, I highly, highly recommend his chat with Rich Gotham. I think it runs about seven minutes or so. So if you have the time, give it a run. But back on track here, and let's credit even more great members of the you know, employees of the Sellers. We had a lot of fun on last week's show talking With the voice of the team, Sean Grandy, can check out that discussion over on our iTunes or Stitcher channel. Feel free to subscribe so you don't miss any shows like last week's. But obviously, a great discussion about this past season. Of course, what is right now? Pretty much the calm before the storm, for lack of a better yet uninteresting phrase. This is certainly the night before the battle. There's a lot of game planning, brainstorming, dreaming, drawing up, however you want to describe it. And Celtics fans, we on the outside, as observers, no matter what level of passion you have towards this team... We're in on this, too. There's a lot of talk this last week regarding DeMarcus Cousins, what level of interest the Celtics would have, what it would take to acquire him, would he fit, would he blow up, is he the right star, is he a star, etc., etc. A lot of discussion and expect that kind of talk regarding this organization for these next few weeks until we get some real concrete material presented to us by some of the finest talents in the media, such as Mark Stein of ESPN, who did break the story regarding the Celtics' interest in DeMarcus Cousins. So we had a great talk about Cousins last week, and he was the hot name, the name du jour, so to speak, and now the name that's traveling around is LaMarcus Aldridge, thanks to Comcast Sportsnet's A. Sherrod Blakely, who we'll be talking to a little later in the show here. Earlier in the week, he recorded a segment with Kyle Draper and Jimmy Toscano on Celtics Talk TV, which is available for our listeners on CSNE.com, although you'll have to sort through an array of Patriots material there, you know, with that football thing, as it'll probably—it's more probable than not— And you might not be able to find the video, although if you would like to be generally aware of it, I would suggest clicking on the Celtics tab over there, and you may come across it. But he made mention that the Celtics could work possibly a sign-and-trade, which would enable Aldridge to make the maximum amount of money. And then as a package, Boston would pursue Aldridge's friends, Wesley Matthews, who, a great player, is coming off a season-ending surgery Tours Achilles, which is pretty much a death knell for athletes. Guys like Kobe Bryant, Dan Marino, Dominique Wilkins all saw their careers go downhill pretty quickly after suffering that particular injury that Wes Matthews suffered this past season. So it'd be hard to see how Matthews would be any different than those guys. And if you were to pursue him, he'd require a hefty sum and maybe a liability down the line or even in the immediate future for that matter. So I'm a little wary there as, you know, you see some reports out of the Blazers camp they remain pretty non-committed towards keeping him, so I think that should make fans pretty concerned as well. But let's talk about Aldridge. That's the big name of the week. Coming off another great season, had the Blazers in the meat of the Western Conference. Great season yet again. Had around 23 per in the brutal Western Conference. I mean, even the most casual of NBA fans who won't stay up to watch West Coast basketball games. No shame in raising my hand here. We all know what he can do, even without you know staying up till two in the morning to watch the Portland. Trailblazers play live basketball games every night, but he could help any team, let alone the Celtics. He is a great player, but how this discussion got started, once again, a report, if you want to call it that, a discussion for that matter, a name that was dropped by Sherrod Brakely over at Comcast went high on the percentage that he would be a Celtic next year. I think Sherrod said something around like 33%, which I guess is a really convenient number when, you know, you just talk about the Celtics, 33, right? Anyways, i I'll override Sherrod here, and unlike last week with the Marcus Cousins, where I am not only very high on him and his potential fit with the Celtics, but I do think it is a possibility as well. Allow me to throw cold water all over this one. I just don't see it. I'm actually with Kyle Draper on this, who in the segment believe he wind up somewhere in Texas. That's sort of where I stand on this, too, as I'd like to think it's far more likely he'd either stay where he is on a decent Blazers team or at least go back home and play for good teams themselves. And I just don't like his fit in Boston. I don't really like it on, on both sides, for that matter. Yes, he'd fill a need. He's a great player. But he's turning 30 this summer, and an old 30 at that. I think he's been in the league 10 years now. So he'd really be a guy who'd help these next one to three years. And after that, he would not really have much value, particularly on a trade. You see, a lot of fans... They want the star, and I think that's why it's short-sighted of them to think this way. The Celtics don't have to sign a star or a superstar, per se, via trade or wherever this year. If they can, I mean, great. And yeah, off to the races, like just like it was back in 2007. But this is just... As much about years like 2017 to 2022, and I'm just sort of throwing that out there obligatorily, as it is about 2015 and 2016. You sign a guy like LaMarcus Aldridge, then you make it about all about these next two seasons. Whereas maybe a guy like Greg Monroe, Chris Middleton, or DeMarcus Cousins for that matter, they can have an impact on your team for a long time. In the case of Cousins, I mean, there's building block piece number one. And in the case of Monroe and Middleton, they are very nice players, still have time to develop into greater players. And more importantly, will still hold value in their own rights that maybe they could be moving and trade for an even bigger name (laughs) than Anthony Davis. uh, A few years from now, if there are guys out there like that, that can really change things. And And that's what this summer, in my opinion, is going to be about just improving the team and doing so in a manner where this organization still maintains its flexibility and long-term stability. There still needs to be a premium on the long-term well-being of the franchise, just as the short-term, and I think that will be the case. I think we'll all be stunned next year if this team took any sort of step back short-term. In fact, I mean, I just don't think they will. It's almost literally impossible for them to return an inferior product next year. They won't. But if and when they do improve the talent pool on this team, I hope, and I expect they will, They'll do so in a manner where much of the long term flexibility is maintained and even enhanced. And I trust that they'll do that. And that's why I just don't see why Aldridge makes any sense in that department. So I'm not calling Sherrod's beliefs bogus. I'm just saying they don't add up to what is pretty self evident for a grand plan for the Boston Celtics. I'd be utterly flabbergasted to see Lamarcus Aldridge in Boston this fall. I just don't see it as a possibility whatsoever. In fact, I'll pretty much go as far to say you'll see me hit a baseball over the green monster with dental floss. Then you'll see LaMarcus Aldridge holding up a green Celtics jersey in July. I mean, of all the possibilities, of all the dream scenarios for the Celtics, all these names that are thrown out there, whether they're the big names like Kevin Love, LaMarcus Cousins, Kawhi Leonard, or players like Middleton— uh, Draymond Green, Tobias Harris, uh, please know on that one, Danny Ainge, I'd rank LaMarcus Aldridge at the absolute bottom of the list in terms of fit and in terms of odds of being here in Boston. So that will be our reach question of the week. Check out the question on www.reachedapp.com slash CLNS. That's R-E-A-C-H-T-A-P-P.com slash CLNS. You can go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash if you need the link there. We are going to ask, point blank, a yes or no question. Should the Boston Celtics make LaMarcus Aldridge a top priority this summer? We had some good responses to last week's question about what is the most important facet of the Boston Celtics free agency pitch. We named Brad Stevens, or you guys, a good young core, the tradition of the Boston Celtics, the brand of the Boston Celtics, Danny Ainge, or the fan base, and you. Yes, you, the audience, you who downloaded the REACHed app. And responded to us there are going with Brad Stevens. I tell you what, I think if there is one option, I agree with the audience on this one. I too would go with Brad Stevens. From everything we've heard from the likes of the beat reporters who appear on this show to people who are really in the know who also appear on the show like Jackie McMullen or Steve Pet or whatnot, Brad Stevens has had tremendous amount of respect throughout the league amongst coaches and more importantly and obviously players. So that's there. But obviously, the choices are interchangeable as well. I mean, it applies differently to certain players. Player X may view the Celtics' brand playing in Boston for their sake as more valuable. Player Y may see the Celtics as being the best chance to compete. Player Z may want to play for a great coach like Stevens. Anyone may value everything put together and come to the Boston Celtics' conclusion. Who knows? But yes, for entertainment's sake, that was our reach question of the week last week. Had a nice response, and I'm interested to see what fans have to say about LaMarcus Aldridge this time. I tell you whose opinion I am interested in regarding LaMarcus Aldridge. Ace Rod Blakely, Celtics insider for Comcast Sportsnet New England. He was the one who got the firestorm started. We'll ask him about Aldridge and more on the other side of the break. You're listening to Celtics Beat here on CLNS Radio. slash CLNS. This is Larry H. Russell back here again and let me tell you a little something about me. I'm always reading a book or three be it a revolutionary breakthrough on neuroscience such as Daniel Kamen's Thinking Fast and Slow, or even a philosophical masterpiece like Plato's the Republic, I'm always doing whatever means to soak up as much knowledge as I can about the world we live in. And we can't do that without literature. But not everyone finds it convenient to carry around all six volumes of the history of the decline and fall of the Roman Empire with them. But there's a solution. My good friends over at Audible. Audible is a leading provider of audiobooks with over 150,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature. You don't need to be all alone creating that impossible private time with our everyday lives of chaos to do some reading and relaxing. Audiobooks are great to listen to wherever, be it in the gym, doing chores at work or around the house, driving, riding, shopping, whatever. Audiobooks are the remedy for you. And Celtics Beat and Audible are teaming up to offer you your first audiobook for free. Just go to audiblepodcast.com slash Celtics. That's audiblepodcast.com slash Celtics. Okay, we have A. Sherrod Blakely of Comcast Sportsnet New England right here. Our interview with A. Sherrod is brought to you by DraftKings Baseball Season Finally here, about a month in, and DraftKings.com, the official Daily Fantasy partner of Major League Baseball, has you covered all season long. Daily Fantasy means no season-long commitments, just instant cast, instant gratification. Why wait until the end of the season to claim victory when you can win huge casts every day at DraftKings? It's like a brand new season every time you play. Just select two pitchers and eight position players, stay under the salary cap, and you could be on your way to an enormous payday. Last year, Peter from Colorado won a million bucks at DraftKings in one day just playing fantasy baseball. Hundreds of thousands of fantasy sports fans just like you have already cashed in at DraftKings.com. Now it's your turn. Hurry to DraftKings.com now and enter promo code NEWENGLAND to play for free. You can win part of the $300 million in prizes being awarded this season. Use promo code NEWENGLAND for free entry now at DraftKings.com. DraftKings.com. That's DraftKings. .com. So, Sherrod, this week, you've probably been an even bigger name than LaMarcus Aldridge himself. I think I've heard your name even more so than Aldridge or Marcus Cousins. And in, in terms of how would you fit on the Boston Celtics?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's 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 that time of year. It's that time of year. And, uh, you know, the Celtics, they're, they're in a position where they've got a lot of money to spend. And you're going to see a lot of names associated with them because they have the ability to go out and attract Uh, From a financial standpoint, a lot of players, and LaMarcus Aldridge is certainly on that list of players that the Celtics have interest in.
0: Yeah, just as you said, I guess this sort of is the case at this time of year where the diehard NBA fans, the diehard Celtics fans for that matter, are starved for anything Celtics news-related. Any mention of possibly acquiring a player, let alone a player the caliber of LaMarcus Aldridge, That becomes not just the news of the day, but the news of the week and gets dissected a hundred different ways. Hey, I'm guilty of that. I just spent the opening monologue on the show talking about him, and I said it earlier. But basically, I actually have to disagree with you. I don't see it. I see him as possibly the worst fit of all the possible free agents, largely because of his age. You seem to think there's not only a decent enough chance Aldridge could be here— would you care to elaborate a little more from your segment on Celtics Talk TV, which is avail- available for our listeners over at CSNNE.com right now?
1: Well, absolutely. Yeah, Your, your point about his, his age, You know, he, he is 29 right now. He'll be 30 in August. And while some, I do believe, believe that's a detriment, I think for the Celtics that's actually a positive because you're talking about a guy that if you were to sign him to, let's say, a four-year deal, by the time that deal's up— you probably got pretty much all that you're going to get out of him in terms of value. The bottom line with the Celtics, and you look at just their history of, of adding high impact players, there's always been a noticeable knock against them. Uh, if you recall when they got Kevin Garnett, even though Garnett was, was a solid player, he was around the same age as a Lamarcus Aldridge was. And by no means am I saying he is Kevin Garnett. But when you're talking about acquiring an all-star caliber player, bringing them to Boston, you're going to have to, I, I think, take the good with the bad. And there's no denying that he is up there in age as far as being 29 years old, which is crazy when you think about a 29-year-old being up there in age. But you can't deny the talent. He is a walking double-double machine. And although some people point out his, he's been injury-plagued, He's missed. He missed 11 games this year, uh, 12, 12 13 games the year before that, and eight the year before that. Uh, so he, he's missing what, what amounts to maybe a week and a half of games, a couple weeks worth of games. But the upside is you have a guy that has tremendous talent. And when you're talking about rebuilding a team, you have to go out and get as much high quality talent as possible. And let's be honest, if they were able to bring him in as a free agent signing. That would be the best free agent signing this franchise has had in years, uh, because Boston has not been a destination for free agents. So the fact that they even have an opportunity to not only from a financial standpoint, but also I think in terms of having pieces in place right now, that he would at the very least give some thought to Boston, I think that's that's nothing but positive for, for the Celtics at this point.
0: Yeah, you talk about his age, you talk about how his, his 29 is, isn't is really that old, but albeit it's 29 with a lot of miles on the body because he came in the league, just I think he spent one year in Texas, and he's pretty much been a 35-minute-a-game guy since, what, 2006. I do want to talk about the long-term overall fit for a guy like LaMarcus Aldridge, but would you care to discuss maybe him fitting in in the short, short term? Because I think if you simply place LaMarcus Aldridge on this team, you're looking at the, at the Celtics that could challenge for 50 wins next season, but would that be the max? Would there be any room for improvement to take that leap from, you know, a decent 50-win team to obviously that next leap, which is the final leap, and that's being a team that can contend on a year-in-a-year-out basis?
1: I think that for the Celtics, the next step for them is to be, as you said, to be a 50-win team, and I think he could be a big part of that. But obviously he by himself is not going to do that. When you look at the free agents out there, there really isn't that one free agent uh, that is going to take a team that won maybe 25, 30, 40 games, and all of a sudden they're going to. that player by himself is going to get them another 10 or so wins. Uh, but I do believe he can be a key piece of the rebuilding process that the Celtics are going through, a rebuilding process that, I mean, to be candid, I think is a little bit ahead of schedule. I don't think many people thought they would go from being a 25-win team that first year to all of a sudden a playoff team that really – You know, 40-42, and while it's certainly nothing to write home about, when you look at how that team started off the season and you look at all the changes that the Celtics went through, we're talking about more than 40 different players donned the Celtics' jersey last season. When you have that kind of upheaval and yet you're still able to finish the regular season strong and get into the playoffs against, if we're being honest and candid, Cleveland has been the, was the best team at the end of the season in the Eastern Conference. You know the Celtics have some nice pieces to build on. And as far as Lamarcus is concerned, he's going to have to decide whether he wants to stay out west and go to a team like Dallas, uh... which is obviously closer to home and has financial benefits because of the state laws. But that team isn't going to be any better than the one he's in Portland. Uh, they're just. They're they're going to be good enough to get to the playoffs, and that's pretty much it. At least if you come out East, you've got a chance for a deeper playoff run, and you could be you know, joining Boston. You could be the the Atlanta Hawks 2.0, a team that made that leap from that eighth or seventh lower seed into the playoffs to being one of the top teams in the East a year later.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to argue in terms of what LaMarcus Aldridge would do for this team short term. I think if you simply just signed him, without having to give up anything if it did, if it did take a sign and trade to acquire him, which I think is something that is more than a possibility. But I just don't like the overall long-term fit because there was another name that you mentioned, actually, and I've mentioned it specifically because we know Danny Ainge has a great relationship with David Falk. That's Greg Monroe's agent. But, I mean, there's a guy who's 24 years old. He may not be as good as LaMarcus Aldridge right now, but he can help you next year and many years after that. And he's also, I think most importantly, young enough where he could be dealt— for a future piece d- down the line. And, you know, dare I, you know, throw the Anthony Davis name out there.
1: My fear with Greg Monroe, and I, I like Greg Monroe a, a lot. I mean, I I was like the Celtics. I was very happy when he decided to not sign an extension with Detroit, which would have allowed him to become available this year. My concern with him, though, is, is, is the pieces you have to put around him. I think Greg is a good player. He's a double-double guy, 16 points, 10 rebounds a game. Uh, but he's not your—he's not a rim-protecting center. He's—he's he's a very good facilitator, excellent passer out of the post, has a decent face-up game. But there's—I'm there's, hesitant to make him like my centerpiece, only because I, I feel a lot of Jeff Green in him—a uh, guy that has a high level of talent, but just doesn't have that—that—that that, that killer instinct to really, really just be a dominant. Like, can put the team on his back type of player, even though if you watch him play, he's got a tremendous skill set. Um, and, and that's one of the things that I, I'm a little bit concerned about with him. Uh, but, listen, if you're the Celtics, bottom line, if you have a chance to acquire, whether it's Marcus Aldridge, Greg Monroe, Wes Matthews, whoever the free agent may be, it's going to be an upgrade over any free agent you've ever had before under the Danny Ainge regime because this has not been a destination for free agents.
0: I do want to get into Wes Matthews, and I actually want to sort of maybe finish or maybe make another point regarding that in terms of what you just said. Maybe I'm just a little different. I think that obviously the sellers can't be you know pickers and choosers, obviously, in this situation. But I, I think when you were talking about some of the deficiencies that Greg Monroe has, and yes, he's not as good as LaMarcus Aldridge as a player. Call me yet. I think Monroe obviously has still plenty of room to grow. I would just think that it's would be make more, more sense in the world to trade such deficiencies. I mean, you're talking about the Celtics, how so they have to get a big name piece. I think it's just better just to really improve the roster in any you know means possible next year, but while maintaining long-term flexibility so they can have a team that can sustain excellence for a long time. Because to me, Aldridge seems more like a guy who can help right now, whereas the Celtics make a move for younger pieces like a Chris Middleton Monroe. Those may not be superstar names that may get fans to bang down the doors for season tickets like LaMarcus Aldridge could. Uh, but I think he, they, these guys, I hate to use this word, they, they become assets. They improve your team next year, and maybe not to the extent LaMarcus Aldridge could, but they'd be guys who improve the team nonetheless and be more enticing pieces for other teams, say in 16, 17, 18, when the opportunity to get the real game changer, the real building block, to come on the market, because who knows, Boston would have maybe a, a piece like a Monroe to move on with. Whereas I don't think Aldridge could be that in a few years.
1: See, the thing about Aldridge is that he's a proven superstar in this league. A guy that I think, actually, if you're you're talking about moving him down the road in the next two, three, four years, I think he has more value than a guy like Greg Monroe because teams looking to acquire guys like that. Are looking for that one piece to put them over the top, and a veteran who has already proven himself in this league. Those are the type of players that become available. I mean, I don't think it's I don't think it's a coincidence that you know Kevin Garnett was available when he was, because he was a proven vet in this league who was a difference maker, and you know that those are the type of players I think that if you would to acquire Aldrich you could move into a team like the Celtics for in 2008. Uh, a team that needs one or two pieces to get over the top or at least position themselves to get over the top. And some of the guys you mentioned, like Chris Middleton, who I I think is just a really good player. I like him. I like Damari Carroll. I like Tobias Harris down in Orlando. I think the Celtics will have a difficult time convincing those guys to come to Boston because, one, their respective teams are going to make a strong push to keep them, and, two, the, a lot of the points that you made about, you know, looking at young players and just kind of building around them and, and things of that nature, the teams that they're on right now are making those same pitches to those guys, which is why I think whoever the Celtics are able to acquire through free agency there's going to have to be, I think, a noticeable knock against those players. But again, if you're the Celtics, like I like and I, I've said this and I can't say this enough, any free agent that you get who is an elite, talented player is going to be an upgrade over anything you've ever had before. Through free agency, and if you're the Celtics, that is really what the goal has to be this off season: to acquire as much talent as you possibly can, uh, regardless of whether there's, you know, there's a a, a, a bumper two or a nick or two on their overall body of work.
0: See, I I agree with you in in the first part. I I definitely believe that the Celtics do have to make some sort of improvements. But I do think that it's very important that they maintain that long-term flexibility. And I do obviously want to shift off this topic. But if I can have the final word, which I guess I can, right? Because I'm hosting the show and I can be that rude with my guests. But I I just don't see the value that LaMarcus Aldridge could have in a few years when he's 32, 33. And are rebuilding team who may want to DL a young player. They'd probably want a player more that's more in his prime, like a Monroe, rather than a player that's on back of his prime, like a LaMarcus Aldridge. But the name that you did mention, we talked about him earlier, as coming to Boston in sort of a package deal, if you were to get LaMarcus Aldridge, because he's Lamarcus's good friend, is Wes Matthews. Last year, he tore his Achilles. That's a terrible injury. I mentioned it earlier in the show. You have guys like Dan Marino, Kobe Bryant, uh, others, uh, Dominique Wilkins. They tear those Achilles. I mean, it is just downhill real fast. Could you sort of talk to him about fans who may not know too much about him, because albeit he does play 10, 30 games every single night out there in Portland?
1: Well, here's the thing about Wes Matthews. Looking at his numbers, they're they're solid. 16 points, couple assists, three or four rebounds a game. The numbers are solid. But he is the heart and soul of that Portland team. He is the toughest player on that team. It is absolutely no coincidence that they struggled in the playoffs without him, because just mentally and physically, he is pound for pound the toughest guy on that squad. Brad Stevens is a huge Wesley Matthews fan. He has mentioned him you know, unsolicited on a number of occasions as a guy when he's, he's talking about toughness and things of that nature. So there's without question uh, an interest from the Celtics part and Brad Stevens part bringing him here. And the Achilles injuries that you talked about, it, it's certainly a serious injury. A lot of guys have really struggled in coming back with, from that. But Wesley Matthews, you know, he had the boot taken off on Tuesday, and he, he's ahead of schedule as far as healing from that Achilles. So if you're a team that is thinking about Wesley Matthews and you're looking at his recovery time as ahead of schedule somewhat, that has to be something that you, you have to feel good about. Uh, bottom line is that he is a good player, and he is a, a tough player. And the one thing that he does exceptionally well is, is knock down three balls. And he may not be able to move as well, you know, in his post-ACL injury as, as he did before. But looking at the Celtics roster, you don't have a knockdown three-point shooter. So if the worst thing you get out of Wesley Matthews is a guy that can, can hit spot of threes, that's an upgrade over what you have right now. And so and if you're the Celtics, that is really what has to be the gist of what you're looking to do this offseason is to upgrade in any and every area where you had a deficiency. I mean, the Celtics, they were, they were one of the league's leaders in three-pointers taken, yet they ranked near the bottom in three-point percentage today. They're like 28th. Uh, so you can't – you have to address that in some way, shape, or form, either through free agency or the draft. And certainly if you can put something together where you can get a guy like Wes Matthews who, whose three-point shooting is a strength – and, you know, a guy like Aldridge or just Wes Matthews straight up. You, if you're the Celtics, you've got to try to make that
0: happen. Yeah, I actually, when you talked about improving the team uh, shooting-wise, I harkened back to the great interview that you had with uh, Coach Brad Stevens, which fans obviously can check out once again on CSNE.com. I actually thought the most noted thing that he told you was when he said that the shooting on the team must improve, but he talked about how the shooting must improve from within. Do you feel that, that it's because he's just trying to motivate his players or is it because maybe that facet isn't really amongst the crop of these free agents or maybe even Wes Matthews or in the draft for that matter and the team wants to use those avenues to improve other deficiencies on the roster?
1: I thought it was just a motivational ploy for his guys just to get his guys in the offseason to really focus on trying to improve that part of their game because these guys have been around this franchise and in this past season told them all they needed to know. If you're not getting a job done, they'll move you. That simple. And I think Kelly Olinick, I think Jared Sullinger, you know, Jay Crowder, all those guys that they have a lot of interest in and they like, they, all those guys have to become better shooters going forward if they're going to stay Celtics. Otherwise, they will be on the move.
0: I actually now want to ask you, we're gonna go back to this free agency discussion because uh, that's what we're gonna be talking about here, uh, obviously. And then, of course, the draft. As you are right now out in Chicago, obviously, fans can check out your work once again on CSNE.com regarding the draft combine. But obviously, that's just, this has been the big topic du jour on the show: is free agency, who the Celtics gonna get? Obviously, another big discussion as well as I've had it on the show for well over a month now: is how attractive the city of Boston is to free agents. Last week we had Sean Granny on the show. He said Boston is it's listen we all know it's not uh Miami or Los Angeles but it isn't uh as I like to say it's not East Berlin either. He had you know Sean Granny says it's in that next tier. Where do you think Boston and even the Boston Celtics sort of falls in sort of the tier of or the pyramid structure of NBA free agency for that matter?
1: I would say they are I would agree with Grandy. I think they are on that that next level not with the uh you know the the Miami's the the New Yorks, the L.A.s, what I would call the sexy cities. Boston's a solid city, not a sexy city. And the players that have typically come here have loved it when they got here. And and that's the challenge that the Celtics have to really get past. They have to get guys here so that those guys can have a great experience and then they can pass it on to others. That has not been able to happen in part because the players that the Celtics have been able to acquire uh, have – for the most part been role players. They haven't really had that high impact difference making, free agent signing. And until you get that guy, and until that guy has a positive experience, you know, you're gonna have you're gonna have your challenges in really getting the best players, uh, who will have any and every option at their disposal to choose Boston. Uh, but I do think that the Celtics, they're trending in the right direction in that regard. I think Brad Stevens is going to help. You know, you, you look at a guy like Wesley Matthews. I mean, Brad Stevens knows him. He knows Brad Stevens. That's a positive. Uh, I think as, as we get further along in, you know, in, in this re-agency, I think you're going to see more and more guys give the Celtics at least... A passing thought, which is something I don't think has been the case in past years, and that's where you, you got to start. You got to at least get on the map in the minds of some of these top players, and from there, you know anything can happen.
0: Yeah, and I also we really aren't discussing it either. I also think that obviously with the success of Pierce, Garnett, uh, Ray Allen as well, and that most recent team, and how the fans treated those players as well. And obviously I had Wick Rosbeck on the show back a month ago and he singled out Kevin Garnett saying that he's serving as an ambassador. So you mentioned how players, in terms of getting on the map, you could also probably say that the Celtics were put on the map seven, eight years ago with that whole Garnett thing. But we know that the Celtics are going to be very aggressive this summer. We were playing the odds game over on Celtics Talk TV with Kyle Draper and D- Jimmy Toscano. Let's play a little more odds games. How likely do you think they'll be able to reel in a big or even a medium-sized fish for that matter
1: medium-sized fish i would put that at a 50 50 i think it's a coin toss I, I i not you know i'll go 51 i think they've got a better than 50 50 more probable getting... than not yes i i think so i think just the fact that they where they are financially where they are in terms of opportunity and the direction of this team the head coach, the stability that, that exists in Boston, I do believe they're going to be able to attract, you know, a mid you know, free agent player. Uh, I just think there's so many pieces they have going for them right now going to the off season, and I think it, it will become a numbers game where guys will be down to either the Celtics or another team, and you know, the Celtics will have the financial muscle to, you know, equal or trump. Pretty much any offer that's put out there for a guy, and I think that's going to that's going to really allow them to to upgrade this roster in a big way quickly.
0: You seem to throw a lot of cold water on Kevin Love though when his name was brought up in that segment.
1: You know what? I'm 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 done with him. I'm I'm through. Um, here's this is my issue with Kevin Love. Um, first of all, I think all of us, you know, whether you're a Kevin Love fan or Kevin Love hater, you hate to see guys get hurt, uh, particularly when. You know, it's it's a very fluky type injury. Um, but for him to start, you know, slinging arrows at Kelly Olenek that Kelly meant to do it, and I, when, I, when I looked at that replay, I saw Kelly lock with him, and then I saw Kevin trying to pull away, and then I saw him run off the court. So, to me, that whole incident was just a matter of interpretation, but he felt that Kelly was pulling his arm. But the bottom line is this. I'm not sure that's a guy that you necessarily want here in Boston because the minute he got hurt, the first thing he did was he made an excuse for it. He started, he started complaining immediately. And when you look at guys who've been here, the Kevin Garnetts, the Paul Pierces Rashad Rondo played. I mean, the injuries that guys that we've seen in Boston played through without griping and moaning about it, I'm not sure he's a good fit. I'm not sure he's a good fit. And when I think about him coming to Boston, I, my immediate thought is, I have to get at least two other players, one who's mentally tough and another one who's going to protect the rim because those are two areas that I think Kevin Love, to be quite honest and candid with you, I think he's he's not as strong as I want a player with his skill set to be.
0: Yeah, but I, I still think the Celtics will pursue him, obviously, based on the fact that we all know that they're going to pursue just about every, everybody, and they'll you know take anything that's most advantageous. But I also found it very interesting, too, recently where he, or at least maybe his camp, when David Aldridge reports that he was told authoritatively, which basically means he was either told, I, I would like to interpret it as, he was either told by Kevin Love or Kevin Love's agent that he doesn't hold any ill will to the Celtics. I, I find that very interesting that... He actually put that out there in the middle of the, you know, the. I know he's not playing, but he put that out there in the middle of the NBA's postseason. You, you don't really do, take anything to that.
1: Yeah, I, I take that as a, as an intelligent agent who wants his client to have as many as options as possible when he decides to become a free agent this summer. That's how I took that, and that that's just that's business, and I, I understand that, I respect that, I think Kevin and his camp they're smart for doing that, but I, I think the Celtics really in their heart of hearts know that it's. It's, it's highly unlikely that Kevin Love is going to be playing for the Boston Celtics. Uh, and even if they were to put together a deal where they traded Kelly Olenek away uh, to appease Kevin Love, which I'm not saying that, that would do it, but you know, certainly that would have to be one of the options on the table. I'm, I just, I'm, again, I don't think this guy is a good fit unless you, have, unless you add a certain degree of mental toughness to the roster. And a rim protector as well, because as I said earlier, those are two things that the more you watch Kevin Love play and the more you see him react to, you know, difficult circumstances, it's clear he needs those two buffers around him in order to be his best player.
0: Okay, we've definitely had you here for some time, Stroud. We definitely appreciate you taking all this time. I do sort of want to move towards wrapping this up, and we were playing the odds game earlier about, uh, you know, the odds of the sellers actually getting a medium size or big size fish. One of the points that I've been making is I think that fans could be a little bit misguided if they get upset in that the Celtics do not bring in a major piece this summer. But do you sort of feel maybe their urgency as well that after last year, they have to take a big step or even a a medium big step forward to build off of that momentum last year? Do you think that really has to be done this summer?
1: No, I I don't. I don't think it has to necessarily be done this summer. It would be nice uh, if they can get it done this summer, if for no other reason than the fact that, next summer the, the new T V money kicks in and everybody is in play. Um so at least this summer there's a the field is a is a little bit more limited for them and I think that plays in their favor and they understand that which is why I think they will be uh overly aggressive in terms of trying to, to sign free agents and just really they're trying to make an impact and an impact right away. That has to be part of their game plan. That has to be their focus and I think it is. Uh and like I said, I, I think the Celtics more likely than not will land a you know mid size free agent to you know a superstar player this because I think they've got the money, I think they've got the assets, and I think that the opportunity is as great as as it's ever been i if they can't get it done this summer i I don't think they'll get it done uh the following summer when there's more co- more competitors.
0: Yeah, that's also something that I have mentioned as well, as while I think these aren't like huge name free agents, I think there's going to be a lot of value in these guys, like a Greg Monroe, a Draymond Green, obviously because of the new television money and the fact that like you said, there's going to be far more suitors the following year when you have these Kevin Durant's come on the market, let alone Anthony Davis, he ever reaches the trade market in a few years as well. All right, Sherrod, last question, because I've talked so much Celtics on the show over the past few weeks, but... It's been a great NBA playoff so far. There's been so many storylines, obviously. I think, obviously, the biggest one of them all, LeBron James. He's I would like to say, even if the Cavs do not win the championship this season, i like to say after this postseason, he's more than on his way to becoming a top three NBA player of all time, really only getting up to that you know upper triangle, which I believe is only uh, habitated by Michael Jordan and Bill Russell. Where do you think you when it's all going to be said and done for LeBron?
1: Well, I think he's he's really done wonders for his legacy during this playoff run. Uh, just not just the statistics, but just you know the, the little things that you know the great ones are able to do in the moment, on the fly, and be effective at it. Uh, Le- LeBron's one of the greatest all times to play the game. Uh, there's no ifs ands or buts about that. And what he's doing in the playoffs, whether they win a championship or not, his legacy in my mind is cemented. He will go down. As one of the three, four, five greatest to ever play the game, you look at his body of work, you look at his body period, and you look at his numbers, championships, league MVPs. You go down the line; he's done it. Uh, and, and so, uh, there really, at this point, there really is there's not a whole lot you can question about what he can and cannot do, uh, because the young man has done it all. And that's the crazy part. You know, he's only like 30, 31. I think he's 30 now. Um, so he still has another four, five really strong years left in this league which is kind of scary
0: yeah he keeps himself in phenomenal shape you mentioned you'd love to have his body i think yeah we all would right uh but uh, that's sort of a good way to kind of finish this off Sherrod blakely comcast sports net new england you can follow Sherrod on twitter at SherrodBCSN, bcsn and also check out his written and audio video material at csne.com thanks for the time Sherrod. no
1: problem have a good one
0: Okay, great chat with Comcast Sportsnet New England's A. Sherrod Blakely. Some good back and forth, too. As expected, a lot I agreed with, a lot I disagreed with. Actually, not going to lie, I give him credit for swaying my opinion a teeny bit on Wesley Matthews there, especially in regards to what he could bring to this organization in the intangible department. Obviously, this roster is still quite lacking, for that matter, a bit of things, be it both concrete, like wing scoring, outside shooting, interior defense, but also in the abstract as well. There's no question that a guy like Wes Matthews could bring a lot for this team, the leadership department, and that's something that this team sorely lacks, in my opinion. I mean, you saw the kind of impact a guy like Tayshon Prince had on this team in the, what, the 10 minutes he was here, let alone someone who could contribute like a Wes Matthews, who, as Sherrod said, can at least still shoot the basketball. But I am concerned about the value. As I said, he is coming off an Achilles injury. And Portland doesn't seem to be any rush to keep him. Which should be a major concern in my book. And he won't come cheaply. And with that injury, he is a major question mark. So I just would be timid there despite what he could bring to the table in the worst case scenarios. Which I believe would be more than fair to prepare for regarding someone who's coming off what is normally a career-altering injury in an Achilles tear. If he's your Celtics version of Dan Duquette's infamous reclamation projects, you know, with like the Brett Saberhagen's and the Ramon Martinez's and the Steve Averys, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and you're getting him for outlet prices, that's one thing. But you're not; he'd be someone who you'd have to tie a sufficient portion of your salary cap space to. So even despite Sherrod's sell points, I still am very wary. But he did convince me a teeny bit, nonetheless. Where he did not convince me, however, was on Aldridge, and especially his long-term value, and particularly when he said a guy like LaMarcus Aldridge would have more value than these other young players on the market. Uh, I'm sorry, I just don't see how two to three years from now a team that wants to enter a building phase like Minnesota did with Garnett and the Clippers did with Chris Paul or the Wolves once again did with Kevin Love and on and on and on and may not be able to keep one of their big-name players would have any interest in a 33-year-old LaMarcus Aldridge making max money. I just don't see that. We've seen with these rebuilding teams, they want younger and proven players. And we can use that Minnesota example who wanted more than just draft picks this past summer when it came to in regards to Kevin Love. So that's where I think the value of a guy like a Greg Monroe, where he truly has it, where a 27-year-old Greg Monroe, say three years from now, is just going to have more value than a 32, 33-year-old LaMarcus Aldridge. I don't see how an older LaMarcus Aldridge would be that enticing for any team, but the one he's on, or a team that is in the point to where they want to win right away. But then what would that team have to offer? The Celtics in a hypothetical deal two, three, four years from now. You hear fans and all they talk about are these superstars, and I talked about this a little earlier in the show. How are the sellers going to get these star players, blah, 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 blah. And I agree with them, but these types of players don't fall out of the sky, they do not grow on trees. And the most efficient way to acquire these players is not just sitting on your hands with under your, you know, behind. And waiting till they fall to you in the NBA draft lottery, like so many fans do suggest. But if you could build up the individual players on your roster, along with the assets—and I hate that word—that you have, you can acquire them via trades far easier. You know, re Kevin Garnett deal for you Celtics fans out there. And that's where I think a guy like Monroe, or even lesser players—and I really don't like calling them lesser players because they're very good players in the row right? But maybe not as players that were, you know, dynamic as Lamarcus Aldridge or whatnot. But guys like. Draymond Green or Chris Middleton who are a little younger and they may not be the superstars and may in fact be overpaid this summer in the minds of some NBA fans they just hold more value particularly to organization like the Boston Celtics whose true goal is to build a team that can sustain excellence for years if not decades to come now that's not me to say either as i told Sharad the Celtics are not in the in the position to pick their spots i mean by all means offer of Lamarcus Alders along with many other players, a Max Deal. And if he calls you up and says, Hey, I want to play for your team, you obviously you do not say no. At a player of his caliber where he's only going to take up salary space and you will not have to surrender any other, you know, pieces and you can use other, you know, assets to acquire other players who could help this team, by all means do so. And we know the sellers would. Of course they will not say no to you know such a scenario, but in the spirit of discussion here, I see him as one of the most least advantageous avenues this organization can take. Like I said, his age and the fact that he will not have much value in and around the league in a few years, maybe even er- as early as a year for that matter, that is of relevance. And to me, I see more opportunity in players who may be lesser than Lamarcus Aldridge and would even cost an equal enough salary. But with youth on their side, and it gives this organization ample opportunities to make this team better in the short term and puts this team in a pos- in a position to still compete now and, once again, make this team that much more of an attractive destination to players at all times and, of course, more enjoyable to us fans. But compete now, but still be in that position to acquire an even bigger name and an even bigger piece down the line, as well as which fans still clamor for, You know, getting that superstar. And if there are any fans that may be upset at the Sox Hall this summer, if they do indeed have one catching that medium-sized fish or making smaller moves, I hope they do. I really hope they do look at the bigger picture here, that being the fans, which I believe the majority of them will because they are intelligent enough. But you know there are still going to be some voices of unreason out there, particularly some honks and windbags in the mainstream media who will hope to pump their tires and ratings numbers by... You know, criticizing something that the sellers do. Surprise, you know, well, they never do that, huh? Just to generate discussion. And obviously, too, there's going to get some more thoughts in there on Kevin Love. Because I didn't have a chance to respond to Sherrod's comment regarding the report put out there by David Aldridge of TNT. And NBA TV, of course, good friend and recent guest of the show this past week, David. Uh, where he stated that Love holds no ill will to the Celtics organization because of the Kelly Olenek incident. And Sherrod believes this is likely just Love's agent putting that out there for negotiation purposes. I look more into that. Uh, This is now the second time in less than a month, be it a ward column, which ran a bit after that playoff series concluded where Love's camp and the Celtics have been attached. Listen, Kevin Love is getting the contract he wants no matter what, be it a max contract on the market or a shorter contract to stay in Cleveland so he can then test the market again, maybe even as as soon as a year from now when the maximum salary figure increases with the new television money. Kevin Love is going to get what he wants this year. This isn't baseball. His agent does not need to play the Scott Boris game with the the mystery team in an effort to squeeze every last drop or penny for that matter out of the sponge of some sucker team. There's a different salary rules in the NBA than Major League Baseball. Kevin Love doesn't need to play that game. I read a lot into these reports from Adrian Wojnarowski of Yahoo Sports and David Aldridge, particularly when a guy like David Aldridge is as credible and, more importantly, as moral as he is. And Kevin Love has done exclusive interviews with Adrian Wojnarowski in years past. It does not doubt me, one iota, that these reports may have very well been leaked by the man himself. And he's not doing this with the Knicks or the Magic, or any of these other teams with cap space, I see a lot of it with the Boston Celtics. And I do read a lot into that. I really do. I'm not saying Love will be a Celtic. Far from it. But there's a decent chance there. I'd say 15 to 20% which for free agents is very good. I mean, it's better than the odds I'm putting for LaMarcus Aldridge, which I safely can say is zero. Like I said, I'll use dental floss to hit a ball out of Fenway Park before we'll see LaMarcus Aldridge in a Celtics jersey. But, love, I could see it. I really could. I still would like to believe he'll take a shorter deal with the Cavs, maybe for a year, try again with LeBron James. And if it doesn't work out once again, he'll have a chance at an even bigger payday the following seven. And, yes, obviously— a return back to Southern California is a strong possibility as well. But if there ever was a big name free agent to outright sign with the Boston Celtics, not via trade, but sign, I do see Love as that guy. I do feel there was legitimate interest there, mutual interest from the Celtics and from Kevin Love himself. And I disagree entirely with Sherrod too on the fit. I don't think we should dock Kevin Love for one subpar year by his standards because he had trouble adjusting with LeBron James where he came from Minnesota, where he was doing far more things and now spent this past season being banished to the three-point line, really. I would like to think he's owed more than a mulligan at being able to have that chance to regain his status as one of the top five players in the NBA and one of the best all-around offensive players in the league. Give him more opportunities with the basketball. Things can change. And yes, of course, the guy needs help, like Sherrod said. You need some interior oomph alongside him, to say the least. But wouldn't that be the case with Aldridge, who relied heavily on on Robin Lopez these past few years? Same case with Love, although he's a superior offensively. He's three years younger. you know. yeah, it looks like there's actual interest on his end as well. And he would also, wouldn't cost overpaying a good friend, which Gerard insinuated with Wesley Matthews, to acquire him. But geez, I hope no one feels I am picking on Sherrod here. He was a great guest, and that's the beauty of this show. With all the great guests that we do have, and we are all entitled to our opinions, as Sherrod gave us a lot to talk about. And I agree with a lot of what he said. But that doesn't make for fun discussion, does it? Of course, when we do disagree, it'll always be rigged in my favor, seeing as I get the full 60. But that's my take on that. We back more around the NBA in five after a brief word. Hi, this is Jeff Kane, host of Patriots Beat Podcast, the number one podcast on the web covering your Super
1: Bowl champion, new england patriots like all of clns radio's great podcasts it is available for download on CLNSRadio.com, itunes and stitcher thank you for your continued listenership of clns radio's programming to find out how you can continue to support clns log on to www.patreon.com slash clns radio that's patreon.com slash clns
0: radio and now back to celtics beat Okay, let's get things going here with Around the NBA in 5. Around the NBA in 5 brought to you by Dr. Ron's, the additive-free company. Dr. Ron's supplements contain no magnesium stearate or other flowing agents, binders, lubricants, coatings, fillers, GMOs, or other added ingredients of any kind. This week's feature supplement here on Celtics Beat, Organ Delight, one of my personal post-workout go-tos. Get up to nine health-fortifying animal organs in one serving. Available only at www.drronz.com. LeBron advances. Talked about this with Sherrod Blakely, where he ranks amongst the history of all the all-time greats. I've talked about it on recent shows as well. You know, Could you imagine if he does it with this team? Earlier, I, I, just as, a few, as soon as a few days ago, I would have said that was not the case, especially when they were down 2-1 against Chicago. Geez, I mean, heck, you know, if Houston comes out of the West, they could certainly beat the Rockets. I do not see how he'll be able to take down Golden State or the Clippers. But if Houston can somehow get there, that would be feasible. Still, right now, that's not the most talented Cavs team, not the stack team we thought they were at the beginning of the year. They're getting a huge lift from Tristan Thompson, obviously, but they're banged up. Kyrie isn't 100%, but LeBron is still doing what he's doing. Has a chance to go to five straight finals. I believe that has not been done in eons, not since the 1960 Celtics, and it's largely because it's very taxing on the body just to play all these seasons all late into the year. It's starting to look like LeBron will do it. They'll face the Atlanta Hawks who knocked the Wizards out the other night. Got to give them credit actually. They took some punches in the mouth that series. Punches in the mouth all year. Especially from us in the media who never really believed in them. But they got up. They retaliated. Obviously, a heartbreaking Game 3 and looked in a bad spot in Game 5 as well after Pierce hit that shot from the corner. But they responded to all of that. That's a series that could have gone Washington's way a few times. But Atlanta just made enough key plays. Got some breaks as well, including back on Friday night when Pierce's shot did not count. And what can you say about Paul Pierce as well? What a run he had this postseason with all of his clutch baskets. Will he return? I know he's on the fence. I'll say yes, but I do think this coming season, 2015-16, that will be his last season. He actually mentioned it with our good friend of the show, Jackie McMullen, in their piece a few weeks ago. So I'll think he'll honor that. And last but not least, the seventh game today. The winner faces the Golden State Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. Warriors knocked the Memphis Grizzlies out back on Friday night. Big game from Steph Curry. He had six three-pointers. I mean, they're, the MVP doing what the MVP does. But the game today, the Clippers. Just when we all thought they were having this magical season and the Warriors were struggling with Memphis early on and it did sort of look like the Clippers were the favorites to win the championship, the Warriors rallied to close out the Grizzlies and now the Clippers. Talk about having a Series 1 as we did with Washington. Well, the Clippers had that Series 1. That thing was over back on Thursday night. You have a chance to close out a team at home. The Rockets just looked horrible in Los Angeles. Just horrible for all three games. Well, not all three, really all 2.999 of the games. They played there. The Rockets at one rally. One rally, that's it. Or one collapse by the Clippers, if you will. A rally that was initiated by the roll guys on the Rockets team. you know, Josh Smith. Corey Brewer, Jason Terry had a key basket down the stretch. All of those guys. Now, game seven is in Houston. And one would think the Clippers would just be shell shocked. I'm willing to give the Clips one more chance. They were actually in a very similar situation there. When they looked like they were gonna blow a series against Memphis back in 2012. In fact, the very first playoff series they were in with this Chris Paul team, this was now what three three years ago, four years ago is, is bizarre as it's just like yesterday. But a lot of people thought they were dead, men walking heading into that seventh game. They came back with a great effort on the road in Memphis for that seventh game. I can see that here. Listen, the Clippers are the better team, they're more talented. They, you would like to think they have the better coach, although Kevin McHale's doing a great job this series, and he had some big guts rolling with those guys. Houston may have the best player, which we know means a lot, but it's not like there's a huge drop off of the Clippers talent. In fact, the Clippers, for my money, have the next three best players in this series and a far deeper roster with more players who can make an impact. Austin Rivers has used this series as a coming-out party of sorts. I wouldn't write the Clippers off. Chris Paul, he had his moments against the Spurs in the first round. He's got one more chance here to set up the bloodbath in the Western Conference Finals we all expected to see, although it will be a major challenge for the Clippers having the opportunity in Game 6 that they did. Putting a gun to my head, I'm going to say they pull this one out. I think they can do it, and we will get that Warriors-Clippers series rematch of that great first-round series from last year. Also, would like to make a special announcement here for basketball fans. Come celebrate JoJo White's induction into the Basketball Hall of Fame Saturday, June 20th at Tony C's Sports Bar and Restaurant on 3rd Avenue in Burlington, Massachusetts. To reserve your spot in attendance, contact Mark Bonanza at 978-840-0500, and you will receive a signed autographed copy of JoJo's biography. That's Saturday, June 20th at Tony C's in Burlington, and you can reserve yourself at 978 840 And that's going to do it for this week's edition of Celtics Beat. Music for Celtics Beat was provided by Will Rock, Chuck Dietz, Oster Vex, and Seth LeGrateau. Be sure to follow us on social media. Our Twitter handle is Celtics underscore Beat. And you can like Celtics Beat on Facebook to keep up with the show at facebook.com slash Celtics Beat. Also, check us out on Google+. Plus, Celtics Beat on CLNS. Love to thank our guests, Asherod Blakely, as well as our sponsors, Linda, Audible, DraftKings, for making this all possible. For our staff writer, Eddie Santiago, program director, Nick Chelso, and myself, the executive producer and host of Celtics Beat, I'm Larry H. Russell. See you next Sunday with special guest Bob Ryan for another edition of Celtics Beat exclusively on CLNS Radio.